You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to this week's Modern Drama Podcast. Today, my special guest is, well, I don't know, how, like how, he, well, he's a fantastic drummer. So right off the bat, you know, that's how I could describe him. Um, just super nice guy. Everybody likes working with him, which is very important, as we know, in this business, because that's how you get ahead. You know, as we talk about all the time, and I'll keep saying it over and over as a lesson, your attitude is going to get you the gig just as much as your talent. So let's all keep that in mind at all times. So um, my guest is not really, you know, some people might say he's a Broadway drummer, but he's not a Broadway drummer at all. He just happens to do a couple of Broadway gigs because his, he has a vast resume and Broadway is, is part of it, but that's not, that's not his main gig. So we're going to talk about that and talk about his beginnings and some other things that he's been doing over the years. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Clint DeGannon. Hey, hey, hey. How Hi, are you? Buddy. Hey, Billy. How's it going, man? Good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. We're keeping it so, going now. We're keeping it going, right? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, as we all know, I was hoping seven, eight months ago, I didn't have to talk about the pandemic anymore, but, you know, we still, it's better, but, you know, we're still dealing with, with a lot of that. So yeah. um, I refresh my old mind for a second, because yeah. we met at an outdoor show in a park across the street from J&R Music World. Oh my God, these are oh concerts. God. And I think that was more than 25 years ago. And you were playing with Tom Scott. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, sure. And, and and was was and Dave Matos was on guitar. That's when I met. Matt, him. Yeah, Dave Matos. Dave. He's he's a extraordinary musician. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm fuzzy. Was that the same day that Bobby Caldwell played, and I and I met John Gurn that same day? 
I don't think Bobby Caldwell was there that day. And if and the reason why I say I don't think that is because I'm a huge Bobby Caldwell fan, and I probably would have known if he okay. was – I would have been hanging out before or yeah. after whenever. No, I think we had a hit. I think we were by ourselves, I think. Yeah, so I, I guess Bobby, Bob, Bobby was one of those concert series, I think, because I saw a bunch of shows. J&R, for those who don't know – was a record store back in the day. Yes, record and store. They have, it was a huge record store in Manhattan. And uh, in that park right across from them, they used to have a concert series. So that's where we had first met. God, that had to be over 25 years ago. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my word. Wow, Billy. I, I think you're probably right. Jeez. Uh, I, I didn't think of it that way that long ago but maybe because i remember that that we did a little tour with tom scott it was like a mini tour and he had uh a couple of gigs we were like alongside jethro tull was over there so i saw Doan, and that, that was in ohio we had like two gigs in one day we were doing festivals anyway yeah so that's a long time ago billy so I yeah know. a century <laughs> I know, but that 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 goes back to, to yeah. when we met, and then we became friends, and we kept in touch, you know, throughout throughout the years. And I followed, you know, I'm a fan of your of, of your playing and and Thank your you. career, of course. Thank but um, yeah, that that that's when that's when it all started. A long time ago, but uh, so, yeah, yeah. And then I uh, well, now that was the first time, and then I think the last time, I don't know if it was with the Fab Four, you were filling in rich for Rich Pagano, or I came to see you at Beautiful on Broadway, the Carol King show. I have a feeling Fab Four was before Beautiful, uh, or when, when you came to Beautiful. Right, um, right. Because the, the gigs I did with Fab Four was like 10 gigs. It was a season of, of concerts, and uh, that was in 2016. It, it, it was uh, culminated in the Beacon Theater and then a, a week at City Winery. And I think I saw you at the Beacon, right? Yeah, so, that was at, yeah, that was at the at Beacon. Point, Rich, Rich had come on. Uh, uh, Rich was right. Feeling, that was the first time, enough. right? So he was fronting the band, uh, sorta. You know, he was put in the front. He wasn't playing much drums yet. And then uh, after that, he, you know, we were we were sort of splitting the chair and uh, uh, for the last week of gigs, he was good. At, and then he felt healthy enough to be back. And uh, you know who can replace uh richie's unbelievable and uh, yeah no you did a good job and that was pretty quickly too right that was put together pretty quickly yeah well that was yes so it was like you know in a week or two well uh, uh and what happened is that each concert the way those guys work you know i think there were i think if my memory serves me correctly there are 211 original songs that the beatles wrote in their short time period that's incredible that doesn't include the covers and every concert we did were different songs. So, and you know, of course you, you have like a, a, a tangential familiarity and, oh yeah, I know that song. Well, you don't really know it. Uh, right. You don't really know it to play it. And so, you know, there was a lot of intense work very, very quickly and, uh, you know, no charts. They, they, not that they couldn't have written them out, but they, they were the guys, right? So they didn't. So what I wound up doing on that gig uh, in particular is taking live performances of Fab Faux and A-Bing them with uh, Beatles recordings and uh, seeing what I thought was essential 
to give them during the concerts that they were used to hearing that might have deviated from the Beatles, be it tempo, be it fills, be it, you know, arrangements, whatever it was, things right. that they were used to and needed to hear, which when you're, you know, when you're plugging into somebody else's gig, you have to be aware of that. And you don't always know exactly what those bullet points are. So you try and err on the side of caution. Uh, but anyway, that was the challenge there. And so we did 10 concerts and every concert was were different songs. Yeah, I, I know, I, I know. They, they, they always do different, yeah, they do different albums or a whole album or a different theme. And so, yeah, yeah. different so, themes, yeah. It, it, yeah, like you say, and that's true because everybody thinks they know, you know, songs that they've heard a million times, but getting up and playing them, is it, it's, it's totally different. You always realize what you don't know when you have to sit down and actually go through the thing uh, bar by bar, you know. Yeah. Well, you see, and I like I like the fact that you also because Rich changes not that much, but you know, of course, he has his, adds his own flavor to it. So I like that you actually studied that. You see, now that's that that what you just said is excellent advice because you do your homework, and I think that's why people call you a lot at the last minute because they know they can count on you because you're quick at like you know, you're, well, you're professional, and then they know that you're going to be able to do the job. And another scenario because. After we saw each other at uh, Beautiful, we, we, it was not too long ago that you had sat in and, and Will, our bu good buddy, Will Lee, who uh, we all love. No one loved, yeah. The great called book. you like, I, I think, I don't know how long, but it was really a short amount of time and said, I need you to fill in and play a gig I'm, uh, for TV, I think it was, with Stevie Wonder. The, 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 this is about my favorite uh, story that ever happened to me as a, as a professional in New York City. It's my favorite New York City story. In a nutshell, um, I was at a rehearsal at Euphoria, which is a rehearsal studio in New York, uh, with a band, uh, the John Miller Band, and great musicians in that band. And um, it was 10 of four. And Will, Will called and said, can you be at Radio City in an hour to play Sir Duke with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and I, you know, those moments where you just kind of go, and I, I, I was, I didn't immediately say yes, because I didn't quite believe what I was hearing. And then of course I did. So uh, uh, what had happened there was uh, they had two rhythm sections this was uh, this was Tony Bennett's, I think, 91st birthday concert at Radio City sold out. Uh, uh, they were they were they were broadcasting it on TV and they were making a record. So. Wow. So now. So an hour before. So Will and I go over there. He got the call not long before that. And uh, they told him, you know, call, call a drummer that you think would be. Uh, right for this so thankfully he gave me a call and 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 I was I was riding my motorcycle at the time so I walk into Radio City Will and I got there about the same time I got like you know just fucked up clothes and you know it's a, a, a the the stage is lined beautifully with musicians dressed to the nines <laughs> you're right everybody looks beautiful and lights and, and Will and I are just walking in there and walking down the ramp toward the stage. 
uh, and Stevie was there. And at this point, and Tom Scott was actually the, the music director. Wow. So, yes, he was music directing, but it was a New York band for the most part. And Lady Gaga had provided, you know, she has a rhythm section. I'm sure they're great players, uh, young guys. The, the original intent was for those guys to be uh, playing with Stevie um, and they, 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 it was like it, 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 there were two rhythm sections that were that 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 tried and they were sort of it's not that they didn't know Stevie or didn't love him or weren't uh, great musicians, but it was almost like they they were on either side of knowing his stuff and etc. So anyway, so uh, that's there was no preparation for that particular thing. So that was. Uh, Sir Duke. So we ran wow. through Sir Duke. And then they said, okay, you, you, he, he seemed happy. He was a little, he was a little grouchy at the time. <laughs> because he had already, they had, it. he was, he was, he was impatient. And then, uh, then we did um, uh, Visions. No, we didn't get to rehearse Visions, but we were going to play Visions. I'm like, what do you mean we can't rehearse it? No, he said, that rehearsal already happened. It was a star studded cast and they, they were on a schedule. So we were going to now I was going to be playing. I've never played Visions before. I had heard it. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, it was like I, I wasn't even sure what to do with it. I don't think there are drums on it uh, on the original. But anyway, so we wound up doing that. And then we wound up doing uh, they said, OK, we're going to go home now. They said, no, you're not because Stevie's happy and he wants to play happy birthday. So we did happy birthday and then then we said, well, we're going to go home. I guess I got the order reversed. That was at the end. But then he said, he's happy. He wants to do um, sign seal delivered. Wow. So we played all these tunes, you know, uh, at Radio City for this sold out audience. Now, now this is astounding. And everything went fine. And, and that, that, that was great. Will had... And in rehearsal, he could hear himself and, you know, all that. It, at, when, when it came time for the performance, he had no sound. Oh, my God. He played those four songs by muscle memory. Are you kidding? I am not kidding. Wow. And it, and it was astounding. It was it, I, it I Huh? I didn't, I didn't, who would know that? Who would know that? I mean, you can hear, I think, only Sir Duke... And maybe a bit of happy birthday at the end because it's a but but sir duke is on on uh, on youtube you can hear you know sir duke stevie wonder yeah we bet it's 91st sounds great i don't you know, i don't second of air time but uh that's me anyway no, and still that, that that's 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 an see now that just goes to show and here's the lesson to be learned from that you always have to be prepared and you know, do your homework, do whatever's needed to, to whatever has to get done. And you've always been like that because, you, you know, you're professional and, and that's what, why people call you at the last minute like that, because they know you're going to be able to do the job. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then even, with, and then having Tom there who you've played with before, he's assuring everybody, oh, this is going to be fine. This is going to be good. I'm sure. And then Stevie probably be, you know, he was grouchy probably because they were making him do things all day. He, you know, he was probably 
I think Tom Scott was the guy who actually convinced them we can't we gotta we gotta you know go uh, you do a plan at that point a plan C you know right so Tom Tom uh, I think he he convinced them to do anyway it was a great experience and uh, you know but yeah I I mean a lot of it is uh you know you well in that particular case you know you you just hope you're right for the gig like it's music that we know and love and 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 mostly have played in one way or another I have to say playing sign seal delivered with stevie wonder was uh everybody plays that song faster than than he does he plays it record tempo. It's one of those songs that over time, people just go ding, 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 ding. Maybe fine, but it, it ain't that with him. With him, it's ding, 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 ding. So if it's in your wiring and you're wired, you know, you bring yourself back a little bit. Yeah. But well, let's, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, it, it, the energy is, you know, and, and were you nervous at all? Like, did you have to, were you a little nervous or stressed or you were calm by the time it was ready to go? Uh, yeah, I was, I was nervous. I mean, look, in a situation like that, you, you, you know, you got no time to, you know, to sort anything out. You know, I'm running into Radio City and motorcycle boots and you know torn up jeans and 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 without really knowing i mean i assumed i i, I was like yeah i can play sir duke and i know i know this stuff and sure I, I you know thank you for the call and all that but you know there's always an element of uh well you know you you hope that he's gonna feel the same way about it that you you know you you know you hope he's gonna appreciate that Right, you know, right. As 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 sidemen, as and I've spent a life being a sideman. You always need, you know, they have to like you. They have to like what they're hearing. So anyway, a little bit nervous, but uh, but not, not not. I don't let it get in the way. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah, you know. and and I like the fact of what you said because it happens so fast. You know, you don't have time to think about it. And that's always the best thing, because the more you think about something, you, you know, everybody overthinks. So if you would have had two weeks to say, you know, every day you'd be thinking about, wow, I'm going to play with Stevie Wonder, I'm going to play with Stevie, you know, maybe nerves would get in, in the beginning. But of course, you would be fine by the time we, you got to that point. But when things happen, you know, spontaneous like that and that quick. You're that's right. right. You don't have time to think. Sometimes that's the best thing, because you're not thinking. You're just doing Sometimes, it. Sometimes, yeah. The blinders are on and you go for the gig. That's right. That's right. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it works out at best that way. I mean, for the most part, you, you know, you can never, almost never over, over prepare. So I, I you know, and I, I just want to emphasize that, that I think that, uh, that, that really, really, really preparing, you know, when you have the opportunity to do so, of course, is uh is one of the best tools you can you can have um so uh but yeah there are situations where you just and once you're there no matter how little or how much preparation you have 
when you when you talk about overthinking, that's noise, right? That's the noise in your brain. What's he gonna think? How's it working? Is they, you know, is this work? Get all that. Get away from that. You know, when you look at some of the drummers that that uh, are your heroes, chances are they are uh, they focus, but they don't let the noise of that that noise get in the way. Right. Great advice. Very good advice. So now um, we were talking a little bit about uh, Broadway, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm not a Broadway guy myself, except for the shows like that are like concerts. Like, like that's why I love Beautiful so much. It was like story VH1 storytellers, you know, and yeah. and the band was fantastic. Um, you. you were great, and, you. you know. So, what are, what besides Beautiful? You, yeah. What other plays? I know. Well, I know you did Miss uh, Miss Maisel the, the the TV show, right? Still do that. So that and that still is not. That. Yeah, I still do that. I just I did almost uh, all, all, all the music for season four, which is which you're about to see. So that's an Amazon series, not not a musical. Those are recording sessions, right? Uh, and um, uh, but in terms of, I think I've I've overall I've done. 12 or 13 Broadway shows. The, the longest running ones were Hairspray and uh, Beautiful. But there have been a, a lot of others. Um, and, and that's mostly reading charts, right? It's, it, well, yes. So uh, there's, there's all, there's, if you're going to originate a show, right? If the show starts with you, it's a little different in that uh, you're going to have a chance with these with these musical numbers. They're, they're workshops and they call them readings and workshops and things. All those things that lead up to an actual show often have the drummer as an integral part of it might just be a drummer and music director and maybe like one other keyboard player. So two keyboard players, maybe, and a drummer. Sometimes it's a bass player and a drummer. Sometimes you get a rhythm section. Sometimes you don't. There's all sorts of variations, right? But the point is that with most of the shows that I've done, I was the first drummer. So whatever it was, uh, Catch Me If You Can, uh, Footloose, going way back, Bonnie and Clyde, um, shoot. Well, people, people, people should, should, after this podcast, people should discover you a little bit more because I know you don't do that much press and you don't, you know, you're not one of those guys that are always out there in everybody's face, which is good and bad, but, you That's know. Right. But people well, should look you up now. They should take an interest in and look up your career because you know it's impossible to cover your whole career in, in, in you know in an hour. This modern drama podcast is brought to you by Vibes High Fidelity Earplugs. You might have seen them on TV Shark Tank. They're reusable earplugs designed for musicians and concert goers. Instead of blocking and muffling the sound, Vibes reduce the volume of loud live music to a safer and more comfortable level while allowing you to hear every note. Now, we all know we have to, as musicians, we all have to take care of our ears. So hearing damage is a big problem. And as you get older, it becomes more and more of a problem. So you want to start protecting yourself now at a young age. And even us old guys, we want to keep our hearing and girls 
everybody. You want to protect your hearing. Your, your ears are just as important as anything else. So go to the Vibes website. And if you go to www.discovervibes.com and use the promo code DRUMMER, you'll get a 15% discount off and free shipping. Discovervibes.com. Protect your hearing and still hear the music. It's a, it's a very interesting point to me, this, the, the, you know, the, the, the whole press thing. It's always been around. And I think a lot of times people, especially when they've played with, you know, uh, they've played with famous artists and maybe have had longstanding gigs with those artists and toured with those artists. And they wind up being the guys that most people are aware of. There's a, in, 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 New York and in LA and uh, Nashville and, and other cities on a smaller level, let's say, there's a group of musicians on every instrument that may wind up staying under the radar as far as the industry is concerned. But they are the musicians who are doing work, all of the work in, in these cities for the most part. They're not the poster boys. They're not on the front pages of the magazines, but they are, look, for me, the most important thing always was to be a, as great a drummer as I could possibly be in whatever that meant. I did not see myself, gee, I wish I could be in this famous rock band and tour. I never ever saw that. Like I got fascinated with studio musicians and the guys who could move from one <clears throat> kind of music to another kind of music to another kind of music and and make everybody happy and get paid and the phone rings and then it's another thing like that if i could synopsize my career that's what it would be you know with a lot of different artists some of them famous some you never heard of gigs that are high profile gigs that are low profile recording sessions of all different kinds I, uh, you know, while you, while we're talking, I see there's a text from a, a, a producer. I'm happy that, that he wants me in. He does, he produces for television shows and uh, you'll never see my name on it. Right, right. Because so, it's a job. You see, a lot of people, you know, they even forget, even, I mean, anybody would love to have your career and, and there are different levels of, of a career, you know, or, or different uh, themes or whatever you want to call them, you know, uh, different projects. But I like that you do so much. And, and that's not that's that's actually harder than just playing with one band playing the same songs for 20, 30 years. You know, it's a different kind of skill. It's a, it's right. a, a different right. kind of skill. And, I, and I'm not I'm not advocating one thing versus another, but uh, it's but just even, but, but my, my point yeah. that I wanted to make was even those guys who are in those bands and they're so-called rock stars, people that are up and coming, you know, growing up and they want to be a rock star, they don't realize that's a lot of work. That's also work. It's work. a job. You know, yes. the music business, you know, we all grew up. That's why record companies take advantage of musicians even to this day. And I don't care if I get in trouble for saying that because it's a fact. But, you know, musicians, they're soft, they're kind, you know, they're kind hearted, they're soft. They get taken advantage of because musicians will play for free and record company people from the forties to, to, to now know this. So it's getting better, but 
even though they they don't teach you that this is a job it's a, it's a we're horrible business people we're, we're horrible business people we we've never we, we were never taught that and also you know you're right like uh there's a certain value that gets ascribed to our our work versus you know uh, but yeah, that's uh, and I don't know, you know, if it's getting better. I mean, the thing is that there's more money in in you know, economists say there's so much money in music, but yeah. it's not, it's not going to us. I mean, right. now what happened is like as the as the record labels, you know, kind of uh, had to succumb to uh, to you know Apple and uh, and Spotify and all those things. There's a lot of money being made, but we're still not we're still not yeah, seeing it's not coming it's not coming to the artist and and it's wrong you know i, I saw a thing the other day it went out and I, you know i get in trouble all the time so i don't care um you know i had a picture of the the guy i don't even remember his name it doesn't really matter who owns spotify he's actually worth more money than paul mccartney there it is now i don't care what anybody says i don't care who he is if you're watching this you're wrong you know that's that's not that you know that's greed. And that's like, you know, that's, that's, what's killing our, our, our business and music, you know, yeah, if music is free. Okay. That's the way that this generation, you know, it's, it's our own fault too, because we all know when we were playing and if you were making it in a band, you're making a CD, you get, you wanted to give your CD for free. Cause all of a sudden you can make a CD in your closet, you know, so you want to give it away for free. So, you know, that generation kind of already, they, yeah, they, they, that's, done. that's yeah. over and done with, but now, with Spotify and and, and 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 Apple and everybody else, you know, um, it, it's just not right. It, you know, it, it's just the business end of it is is just not right. So nowadays, it's a tough way to make really, a living, isn't it? Yeah, nowadays people really have to pay attention to the business because otherwise you're not going to make a living. That's right. Yeah, and 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 you know, so yeah, along those lines, I guess that the best thing you could and listen, a lot of guys, you know, going back to your point about the rock bands, et cetera, you know, most guys were freelancers before they walked into, uh, you know, into any success with with a major rock band. Also, the 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 percentage, it's like the percentage of actors that become movie stars, right? Percentage of musicians that 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 wind up playing with really successful rock bands are like point oh 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 one, right? It's, it's and they're and they're still hired guns unless it's your you're a band member and it's your right. band. That, that that see, there's three different you know there's so many different scenarios. Yes, there you are. Know, if, you, if you're part of a band and the band gets successful, then then you're all doing it together. But you know, let's face it money problems come in and business problems come in and then there's different kind of problems. Yes. So the business end of it is very, very important. And I know we're probably around the same age and growing up, no one ever taught that. Thank God now in the schools, you know, that's being taught. And we, with Modern Drummer Magazine, we try to teach that as much as teaching you how to play a paradiddle or, you know, how you, you know, how to play a certain beat. You, you have to know the back end of what's going on because, it's, it's very, not, it's very important, and it's not, it's not easy. Now, talking about that, how, how did you, how did you, were you okay during the pandemic? But I mean, the pandemic I mean, Broadway was, shut down, but still, was yeah. You, well, my uh, my show on Broadway had had ended before the pandemic, so beautiful ended in October. Uh, what happened? Uh, I I I think at the time I was doing these recording sessions, we were almost finished with the West Side Story project. 
And I, I was doing um, also symphony concerts with Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer has a, a symphony. We're about to, we're, we're going to do three of them coming up. So he, he's got like these symphony concerts uh, and that was a groove. So being a rhythm section within, within a, an orchestra, a couple different orchestras, um, those were happening. That, that was happening in Cincinnati. That was the last concert I played. And then COVID hit. When COVID hit, I wound up doing some of these, like a bunch of us wound up doing some of these co-videos, I called them, co-videos. So, so Beautiful had one, the cast of Beautiful did, I think they got almost a million hits. That was, uh, You've Got a Friend and Carol King was on, was on that. Nice. Uh, I did another one that was uh, for Hairspray, I think was also close to a million hits. Uh, and then I did a bunch of others that were less. I have a studio here, which is right behind me. So I wound up recording for a few people. I wound up doing a musical that was uh, playing. Uh, it was the music for a musical in, in the making. And I think it was nominated for a Grammy. Um, I wound up playing for a few jazz records uh, here. And whatever projects came along, there were most of them were benefits, benefits for you know, uh, one organization or another. Right. Right. Uh, anything that required an audience, there were a couple things they did, but that you know, it was like the winter time. The doors were open. You know, we were still, we had masks while we were playing. Then uh, at a point, um, TV was back up and running, so. Maisel started um, Amazon. It's an Amazon series. You have to test twice before you had to test twice before doing a recording session. Uh, you then you had to test once as it it, as it wanes a little bit. Um, you know the, the protocols were strict in the recording studios. All those sessions for Maisel and, uh, and I just did one for an HBO series. I think an HBO series called The Staircase. Staircase. Hmm um yeah you see, that, that's that's the thing it's like look how you work now people you brought up west side story right now that's like the thing that everyone is talking about you know steven spielberg i mean west side story you know a whole new generation is going to be introduced now a little update to and you did the music for that now you see that's that's what i love about people who like you and and do those kind of gigs it's like you don't have to be in the spotlight, but if somebody says to you, hey, you know, you're playing, you're still playing, what are you doing? Uh, I, I just did, you know, the music to, to, to West Side Story. I mean, that's it. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> well, that, you know, as I said earlier, all I want, I, I just wanted to play. Uh, this was the hardest thing about the pandemic for me the, and probably for, 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 for most of us. But what my life wound up being, what my career wound up being was a series of projects, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And, and those projects involve working for an artist, working for an orchestra, that play with the New York Pops at Carnegie Hall a lot. Uh, I get sound files. I get, you know, like it's the MP3s and it's the PDFs, MP3s and PDFs, MP3s and right. PDFs, over and over and over and over again. You print this stuff out, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it. Sometimes you work on two projects at the same time. That goes away. New set of MP3s and PDFs. So uh, anyway, 
So when, you were good. You when were all good. of that stops. No, what I'm saying, Billy, is like when that goes away, right, which it did during the pandemic. Oh, it, it did. Well, yeah, because the, you're preparing for either recording session or a live concert. And mostly, yeah, I'm talking about like the tracks going back and forth. Like oh, the, the tracks track. going back and forth for, for recording sessions that you're doing at home. You can always do that at home when people want. Yeah. So there were a bunch of those. And I, I was fortunate that way, but it was, you know, it yeah. was dribs and drabs in comparison. Right. Right. I, I appreciated them and I enjoyed recording. And, and sometimes those things don't make their way into your world if you don't have time, you know, but I, I did appreciate that. But I guess what I'm about to say is that during the pandemic, uh, I when I sat down at the drums, Billy, I, I kind of didn't know what to play. Because because life had become, the, my music world had become being a function of everybody else's project, one after another. And now like, well, what's important to me? Well, I don't have time to think about that because I'm preparing what, what, what's, this is the next gig, which I'm back to doing now, thank God, you know, but, but it still hasn't come back full force. Right, right. So the pandemic was hard in that way. And then finally I started to just practice stuff to practice it, you know, and get turned on by different uh, drummers and uh, things they and, were doing. And, and were you, did you, did you know how to work your studio uh, before the pandemic? Like, yeah, yes. okay. Cause yeah. that forced a lot of people now, um, even with the modern drama festival um, that, that we're doing this year, it's going to air on Christmas day. And then three months after, um, you know, same as last year, we have to stream it. So everybody's sending in their videos, but we noticed Last year, we had to put it together so fast. You know, this year, the quality of, of, of everyone sending in their videos is pretty impressive because everybody learned yeah. how, to work their, how to run their studio. Yes, yes. It's a whole different thing. You know, suddenly you're, you're dealing with cameras and you're dealing. Now, I've had a Pro Tools studio here for a while. And a little bit, you were already ahead of the game in that respect. I, I already had it going, but I wound up using it more, I, I think. Right consecutively right. during the pandemic but you know anyway and that also had to do with time too because you had more time that's right yeah yeah so now, yeah. That, that that's the good thing about having your own studio and now everybody pretty much has you know you, you, everybody has a studio nowadays and yes. you know i feel sorry for all the engineers that you know that everyone relied on because they had to force themselves to learn how to do it themselves. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was good. I mean, so now the pandemic, now that the pandemic, I mean, look, who knows where we're going with it, but it's, it's, it's waned so that we're functioning enough. And I've been doing live sessions again um, and concerts right. and clubs. <clears throat> I'm going to Europe uh, tomorrow uh, to uh, do a, a, a little tour with Manhattan Transfer, the vocal group. Um, yeah. And so I'm a little nervous about that because things over there get different depending on what country and protocols and they're changing every minute and who knows. But uh, um, yeah. Well, safe but, travels, but, please. Yeah, please be safe. Yes, but it, it is important. I think one thing is that it is super important. 
your 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 mindset when you're recording at home is a little different than it is when you're in the room with everybody not just because they're there but because the way you make decisions about what you're going to do and how fast you're going to come up with that and what's driving it you know if 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 in the same moment I'm getting a direction from a producer. I'm hearing a bass line from the bass player. I'm hearing this person's reference vocal. Everything is happening right then and there. It's going to inform you. When right. you get tracks and, oh, yeah, well, we want to put you down first, and then the bass is going to go on top of that. You're making decisions. You're, you're also self-producing a little bit. But you're making decisions and you know, you know, you could sit there in your pajamas and you say, okay, I'll work out for this. And I'm not happy with that, Phil. This doesn't sound perfect to me. Right. So I'm going to do that over again. I'm going to do the whole thing over again. You know what? I'm going to go get some dinner and then do it right. more. Right. Come back. And, and the other right. thing, too, is, is like there's no spontaneity. You know, when you play with other musicians, you hear something that somebody might have made a mistake. They were going in a different direction. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. You know? If you got to play the drums yourself or you're just hearing a scratch vocal, that could change. You know, you're putting a drum, you're putting a fill in. Nowadays, of course, because it's on a grid and everything's going, they could move it, but it's not the same. You might have done a different kind of fill. Absolutely. And this brings us to a, a really important point, which is I'm observing more than I've ever observed, right? Everybody is putting stuff up and it's play-alongs. Lots of play-alongs. And there's a lot of value to that. The, right. you know, the analogy is, remember music minus one? Yeah. When we were kids, music minus one. So same concept. So let's say, you know. Kind of uh, prepared us. Kind of prepared us. Right. You got the play alongs, you know, Tommy Igo's great book with all the, you know, with the, the, the grooves and, and, and all that. So, but there is a big, big problem which is that if you really, really want to function as a musician in the music business, it's a, it's a group effort all of the time. It's like, it's like, it's like being alone and trying to learn conversational Spanish. Right. It ain't going to work. I mean, and, and, and part of the most important part of being a musician is how you interfacing, interacting, being affected by affecting, uh, guiding, you know, uh, others. Well, as you said, that's the conversation. That's all lost when you're by yourself. Now you've got to practice and play alongs are great and all of that stuff. But, but I, I worry a, a lot about this, that, uh, that, that getting together with people, uh, is it has been sort of lowered as a priority. I think there's a lot of people who don't understand that you can become a, a, a competent drummer with these play-alongs, but not functioning as a musician in the music business. Does that make sense? That's all great advice. Thank you so much for that. So let's talk a little bit more about the West Side Story project because I mean yeah. that's that's going to be huge. Yeah. Oh, so the uh, that came about. I had done some work with with a music pro producer uh, for film prior, and uh, and he requested me. He's out in L.A., but he came here. I think Spielberg wanted to record it in New York, and there were some there were some important forces that convinced him to to do that. It being a New York story, Leonard Bernstein. Uh, 
New York Philharmonic, etc. So, um, uh, when the contractor called me, I I had to be, I I, I didn't I didn't say yes right away. Um, I I found West West Side Story. I never did never did West Side Story before, never played it, and uh, the music ranges from somewhat difficult to uh, outrageously difficult, and <laughs> I, I always found it to be a little daunting, uh, and it came across my played a couple of times. There was a production uh, that they did on Broadway, um, and I said no to it because I had a busy touring schedule at the time. There was another thing that happened at Carnegie Hall was a piece of it. And I said no to it. I had other work, but I think behind these decisions, I was just a little daunted by it. So I had to be convinced. And I talked to a couple of my friends and they said, yeah, you know, you, you just work on it and you can do it. And, you know, but there's things about, uh, first of all, I've, I had never worked with the New York Philharmonic before. Uh, it's a, it's a beast. I mean, they're, they're that, 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 that's incredible. That's they're incredible. unbelievable. They were also it was also Gustavo Dudamel, who is uh, the uh, world famous rock star conductor who's out in, uh, you know, he's out in uh, in Los Angeles, but he had an, an association with with this. If you go online and, 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 and plug in his name with Mambo, which is one of the pieces in uh, West Side Story, you'll see some great footage of him conducting, uh, uh, you know, in South America. At any rate, uh, so I, it took me a little while to, and then I just embraced it, locked myself in a room, and, uh, you know, again, listened to, you know, studied the music, listened to uh, the recordings, cast album, the movie, getting as much information, uh, the original cast album, the more recent cast album, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you study, you study, you study. And then there was some, you know, there's mixed in with the drum set part is also some concert snare drumming part, some delicate, you know, very, very accurate stuff and a different set of muscles. And uh, you know, right, a little bit more orchestral, certain parts and very much orchestral. Yeah, very much orchestral. Doesn't sound like drum set at some time. Right. Sounds right. like, you know, concert snare drumming. And there are guys who do that that are just absolutely extraordinary. Right. So, you know, you have to be able to. to, to. So anyway, all of that stuff was stuff I had to work on, refresh, get his, you know, discover get the noise out get the noise out get the noise out now there's also the whole concept which we could talk about for two days of of a rhythm section player following a conductor uh you know in in broadway world they wind up knowing that they're dealing with people who are not generally symphonic players what symphonic players look for in a conductor is different than what uh, rhythm section players who sometimes play in orchestras look for in a conductor. What we look for is time. We look for obvious patterns where we can see what they call an ictus, which is a place where the <clears throat> you can see a downbeat and you could get that kind of information. 
I, I can only relate it to like, you know, listening to a click. So what you need is some sort of reference. It's not going to be a click because it's live and, you know, but it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So, you know, uh, somebody explained in very broad terms to me years ago that a lot of times what you respond to is, let's say, if there's a, if this is, instead of playing when you think you're supposed to be playing, which is when the thing hits down, the downbeat, it's no, people are making sounds when it comes up. A lot of times, a lot of times, especially in a symphonic setting, uh, when it's, a lot of times what happens is you'll, you'll think you're supposed to be playing when there's, as I said, it's an ictus. Right, so ictus is the point of uh, where it, I, I think, where 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 the when the baton comes down, as it, you know, if 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 it's it's sort of, as soon as it hits that point, that's when you make a sound. But no, this is the thing that's kind of a, a mind fuck, if you will. So it's almost like somebody described it once as if you're at a light. And the light, and you're standing at the light, and the light turns green. There's a delay. And the, and, the, and the further back you are, the longer the delay. Oh, in the line, right? Right, right. It's, and, and you have, so you have this beautiful orchestra, this living, breathing mechanism, and they, they know this music, and they're together. So the, 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 the conductor is sort of giving them information that helps mold them, brings them along, moves them, quiets them, helps them be more expressive, elongates a phrase, shorts, all sorts of things that they know to look for and they know how to read a good conductor. But they're not looking for exactly the same things we as rhythm section players are looking for in a conductor. And so one conversation I had with, with Steve Reinecke, who I consider a great conductor, uh, and he's the guy at the New York Pops, he says, so let me just ask you, all you guys really want to know is like, is like a, clear, a clear tempo, clear time, right? And I said, yes. And that's oftentimes, the, the, oftentimes you're not going to get that and it becomes harder. Because again, like you're, you know, especially if you're there with a with an artist. Sometimes I do these concerts with, with orchestras where the artist brings me. But I'm in an orchestra, so you got the music director who's with the artist. You got the drummer. You got the the artist. And then you have the conductor. The conductor is now translating all this information from the music director and the artist, to the orchestra. Right. So and he's just, he's just doing it his, his way, which is his way. He's got to communicate the information in a way that the orchestra can read. Right. Sometimes, I, and this is a little trick that I learned, sometimes when I'm sitting behind the drums and I'm watching and I need to know what's about to happen, it's not necessarily intuitive, the phrase is not already going, whatever, there's some new, new something that's going to happen. I got my eyes looking so that I can see the music director, I can see the artist, and I can see the conductor all at the same time. They're sort of or in my field of vision, and I'm taking in stuff that's going to happen because the drummer winds up 
translating and keeping everybody together, just like he would in another situation. Right, right. It's just a bigger situation. Yeah, you got more. And and that and that's not easy to do because you know that's not easy to do because you know that that's a distraction. <laughs> you know, so, having to worry worry about all that that that's kind of a distraction. Yeah, you to have. Me, to... You know, to me, reading was always a little bit of a distraction. That's why I never really got in, in, in into reading. But I never wanted to be that you know that kind of drama. I wanted to write my own songs, be in a band, you know that. So it was a different thing. But yeah. you know, it it, it it's it, the guys like you. I mean, I admire because you can do all that you know it's like and then the more you do it of course the better you get at it but in your case it's always a different situation because it's so many different types of things so before we go what's yeah. what's the plans what's the future plans now it's the end of the year um what's for 20 next year 2022 well so i mean the things that i know about for sure are these uh are these symphony concerts i have with with uh with Paul Schaefer, I have uh, some recording projects, and my my suspicion is that, uh, and I work with a couple of artists uh, who are concert, uh, who do concerts, um, and so my suspicion is that it will be more of the same and stuff I can't anticipate. You know, in a perfect world, there's everything just uh, kicks back in as it was before the pandemic. And I think we all feel that and want that, right? right? So, you know, as as everybody becomes a little more comfortable, you know, the stuff ramps up. But, uh, you know, TV and film uh, stuff I love to do and and, and live gigs will, will will be there, you know. And, and, right. and, and, and unfortunately, we're still in that mode of one day at a time because no, you know, no, nobody knows. No, no, That's, nobody. Right. That's right. Uh, ticket sales are funny because people still feel a little funny about going to things. Although, you know, depending on where you are, um, you know, like the shows are up and running, concerts are up and running. I've been to concerts as a spectator. Yeah, and, me too. Now I've been, I've been, I've been going back out, and you know, it's uh, I got my booster. You know, I got my two yeah. shots. My booster. I mean, what else can we do? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But we'll, we'll, well get Flint, I, I want to thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Billy. Time. Thank you, man. Yeah, this this was, this was fun. You. It's always it's always good to see you, and and uh, hopefully we'll see each other in person pretty soon. And and uh, so. people should you know check out check out Clint's resume. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, besides, it's, it, we only touched a little bit of of, of what he's been doing. So. You know, this is how, you know, everybody learns, you know, you want to learn from people that you may not be familiar with, you know, so here's your opportunity and here's your chance. And then you'll say, oh, I know that. I know that. Oh, wow. He did that. He did this. You know, that's how that's how it works. Yeah. Well, you know, as long as as long as the phone keeps ringing, uh, I'm perfectly happy to to uh, to to stay sort of under the radar. It's always how I've functioned anyway. It's worked out OK for me. Now it's 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 a beautiful thing, you know. It's a beautiful thank thing. Thank you, man. Thanks Philly, for taking everybody. Thank you so much. Um, don't forget the Modern Drama Festival will stream. It will debut on Christmas. So spend Christmas with uh, Modern Drummer. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, I've seen it, so I know it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I think uh, you'll enjoy it. Bye, Clint. Thank you. Bye, Billy. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye, everyone.
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.